Hello, this is Father David Nix on the Padre Peregrino podcast. Some of you follow me on the Telegram channel, also called Padre Peregrino. And so I'm going to encourage you to go over and look at my Telegram channel, Padre Peregrino, because there's some valuable information that I'm going to be referring to in a minute. Now, as we get started, I'm going to call this Fear and Discernment. And there's two topics that you're probably tired of hearing I'm going to repeat these two topics very briefly, put them on the back burner, because I think you're going to see that they come together for something relatively new. So two old things first, just to put on the back burner. The first is this. Many of you have heard people point out that in the Bible, it says, be not afraid in 366 times. So you'll often hear corny commentators say, one for every day of the year and leap years too. So one of the, if not the most common phrase in the Bible is, do not be afraid. But I think sometimes we traditional Catholics hear that, and because it's just conflated, not conflated, because it's taken by mainstream Protestants and normie Catholics and just kind of thrown in our face so often, we traditional Catholics often say, well, but we are supposed to be afraid of going to hell or whatever else. So we're a little bit allergic to that phrase. I'm going to show you why we shouldn't be. Um, and really why the most traditional Catholic thing we can do is to be not afraid. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Uh, the other topic that a lot of you probably got tired of me talking about the past two years was all of the stuff that we saw. I have to be careful of tripping these algorithms, but everything we saw with the masks and the VIRUS, everything that happened along those lines, well, if you go to my Telegram channel, I am promoting, I'm not getting any money for it. I just was told by a friend it's supposed to be a pretty good movie. There's a movie out by Kennedy. I can't say his first name because, again, these algorithms. Uh, but the movie is called TheRealAnthonyFauci.com. And I'm about maybe one third of the way into it tonight. And I thought if I don't make this live, I'm just never going to make a video because I know a lot more of you want to hear the TCEs. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and a lot of times I'm like, well, if I can't sit down with it all written out on my screen and everything I want to say, I'm just I'm not going to say anything. So you have to just kind of roll with the punches of this being a little bit less than perfect because I'm going extemporaneously than my more prepared type podcasts. But you may want to look at my Telegram channel and subscribe if you want to, but check out the link because only for another week is that movie free, therealanthonyfauci.com. Okay, so... Here's what a lot of you probably got tired of me saying for the past two years. And even part of me as I watch this movie thinks, hmm, I kind of already know all of this stuff about the masks onwards. But he made a really great point that we do have to repeat, even though many of you, all of you probably listening to this podcast are on the good guys team on this. And Kennedy made the point that as the entire lockdowns began, the only way mainstream media could essentially prepare people for the masks and the jabs, everything else that, again, algorithms, the only way they could actually prepare us was to grease the cogs through fear. And they use the mainstream media for that. The only way they could control us was through fear. Now, obviously, most of you know that the people who bucked that system of fear were those who had the deepest relationship with Christ. He who said, be not afraid. Now, there's a lot of normie Catholics out there who I think if you ask them, hey, if Jesus came in the middle of the lockdowns, 
would he really have a side on all of the things going on? I think most normie Catholics out there would say, no, Jesus would just say, make sure to love God and love your neighbor. But what we're going to see is if this is the same Jesus who told people in the Roman Empire, be not afraid, he certainly would have an opinion that would be called political. And here's, here's why we know that. I want to tell you about a book, and I'm putting a few things on the back burner right here. This is a book that I've now read twice since I was ordained 12 years ago. It's called Mouth of the Lion. And this is one of my favorite books about a hero of mine, Bishop Antonio de Castro Mayer. He was the bishop in Brazil who was born at the turn of the century. And as early as the 1940s, he was preparing Brazilian Catholics for what was coming down the pike through the Freemasons, including divorce, including a liberalism of the Catholic faith. As early as the 1940s, Bishop Antonio de Castro Mayer was preparing Brazil for what was going to be a turn globally towards the liberal agenda. What's amazing about this bishop, Bishop Antonio de Castro Mayer, who ended up being a good friend of Archbishop Lefebvre, he was at the quote-unquote illicit consecrations later, uh, through the 1970s, he resisted the new mass, doubled down, kept the traditional Latin mass there, and uh, he was removed by Pope John Paul II, I think it was in 1981, but then he opened his own traditional seminary all through the 1980s in Brazil to keep training men in the traditional Latin mass. I believe he died um, in the early 90s, but all through the 1980s, he was seen as the Western Hemisphere rogue to what Europe had in Archbishop Lefebvre. Well, this is a really great book written by uh, Dr. David Allen White. He is a retired professor from the Naval Academy. I want to read you a line that I found very, very interesting. It's on the history of Brazil. I've actually been to Brazil three times on mission. Um, they're probably my favorite people in the world, the Brazilians. My whole dream, my whole life was to go to be a missionary in Brazil. That's why I learned Portuguese. Boa noite a todos de voz de Brasil. Eu vos amo muito. And so I never got my dream of actually going to Brazil uh, permanently. But this book made me realize it just wouldn't have happened because Brazil followed the whole rest of the um, the planet on, on what happened in the church in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. But Dr. David Allen White, he brings this way back to uh, the initial finding. I think it was January of 1500. It was actually the Spanish, not the Portuguese, that first landed in January of the year 1500. But uh, later that year, the Portuguese settlers came, and that became the predominant language, Portugal, Portuguese rather, in that, in that land. And I want to read this line that's very different from what we all heard in our seventh grade social studies classes. It says this, um, the Indians, he's talking about the evangelization of the Portuguese towards the Indians and the slaves, black slaves in the 16th and 17th and 18th century. And Dr. David Allen Wright, Dr. David Allen White writes in the mouth of the lion, the Indians were not the only group in need of conversion, however. 300 Portuguese convicts sailed with the Jesuits to become colonists. Their transportation to the New World did not necessarily make them new men. As the Jesuits sought to free the souls of the Indians by converting them to the Catholic faith, the transported criminals enslaved the bodies of the Indians and attempted to keep them subservient. 
these men deliberately promoted intertribal warfare and even worked to return the natives to paganism because in such a state, they would be easier to control. Now, that's amazing because even in Catholic grade school and Catholic high school, if it wasn't explicit, it was, it was at least implicit that the Portuguese and Spanish priests kind of rode in on the backs of the colonists. And even though maybe the priests were a little bit better than the colonists, and maybe the priests had a little bit better intentions and weren't quite as rough as the colonists, they were all on basically the same team. Boy, this shows the opposite here, that the Portuguese slave traders, they didn't want the Indians and the Africans converting to Catholicism. Did you hear why? It says, these men, it's talking about the slave traders, deliberately promoted intertribal warfare and even worked to return the natives to paganism because in such a state, they would be easier to control. That means Catholicism, traditional Catholicism, freed people from slavery. It freed their minds from people who would rather manipulate them to keep them under control. Wow. Now, what does that remind you of the last three years? Why was it traditional Catholics and evangelical Christians who bucked the system of total fear because they knew that would lead them to control? They knew the only person to fear is God. And so what we have here really even though I've read this book now twice, and even though I've studied a lot of traditional Catholicism, for some reason that line really shocked me. That, that paragraph really, really opened my eyes to see that the early Franciscans and the early Jesuits truly understand. We think this line from St. Paul is kind of, I don't know why we ascribe this line to Protestants a bit, but it's, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Maybe that line is overused by Protestants, but you know what? Traditional Catholicism really proves it. And that's why I'm calling this quick pod fear and discernment because as i read this book and as i'm watching this movie on fauci i'm really starting to see that it is for a freedom that christ has set us free i mean i've already known that but as i watch that movie and as i read this book i see that the enemies of christ can only use fear to control you anytime that you see manipulation and fear you can be sure it's to put you under the aegis of someone else besides the Blessed Trinity. And that is why, even though we traditional Catholics might sometimes have a little bit of an allergy to people saying, oh, did you know that 366 times in the Bible it says, be not afraid? We really have to own that because we are the ones who really stood against the system of control the past three years um, better than the normie Catholic. It's just a fact. The TLM parishes stayed open. They didn't get the jabs. They didn't use the, the, the mass. That's just, that's just a fact. Probably there's still normie Catholics alive today that would say, oh, that's just because traditional Catholics don't believe in science. <laughs> but watch that movie to understand what's really happening to those who were J-A-B-B-E-D. Okay, so to wrap this up, I'm calling this fear and discernment because... Um, what we have to realize is that any time someone's trying to make you fear anything except sin, because sin's an offense against God, we can be sure it is to put you under the same system that these Portuguese slave traders wanted these Indians and African slaves to remain under paganism. Why? Not because they were these, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed people who got to do what they want if they were in their um, um, pagan religions. 
amazingly, they lived in fear when they were in their pagan religions. And so also we saw the last three years, those farthest from Christ lived in total fear. So if you don't want to be controlled, if you don't want to be manipulated, the ironic thing is become a, a traditional Catholic. I know that's totally against the entire narrative that the world uses against us, that we're the ones who live in fear, we're controlled, we live in superstition, we live in the past, we are the ones who uh, act like the medieval peasants who were totally under control of the church and blah, 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 blah. But really, all of the facts of history of the 17th century in Brazil and the year 2020 to 2023, 2022, whenever you're watching this, well, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of 2022, but Anyway, we certainly see a pattern that um, the closer you are to Christ and traditional Catholicism, the less fear, less fear you have, and the less likely you are to be controlled by agents that are the enemy of Christ. So thanks for watching. Most of you probably knew this already, but highly suggest this book, The Mouth of the Lion by Dr. David Allen, Allen White, about one of my heroes from Brazil, Bishop Antonio de Castro Maier. Boa noite a vocês, and thank you all for listening. God bless you.